Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps a believer to seek the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. I just wanted to thank you. I got a quick message for you today. It's uh, Sunday, and it's March 19th, and I was thinking of the date 319 this morning, and uh, then it occurred to me, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Ephesians 319. And it's part of Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus and then also to us, of course. It's an eternal prayer. And he prays um, in verse 19 that in uh, third chapter that, that we would come to know the love of God, which passes all knowledge. That we would come to know the love of God, which passes all knowledge. And that in doing so, we would be filled with all the fullness of God. <laughs> and knowing God, knowing him at an intimate level, it says to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Don't you want to be full of God to overflow? There's two, two uh, different words in that, in that uh, verse. One is to know the love of God. The first no is is an intimate knowledge. It's uh, gnosko. I don't know a lot of Greek, and I, I know a little Hebrew and a little Greek. And one owns a dry cleaner, and the other owns a deli. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it is nice to look at the words too sometimes and see what they really mean. And and to know the love of God, the first no is is an intimate knowledge. It's gnosko. It's it's uh, one of the descriptions in in the dictionary is to is an intimate union like between a husband and a wife and uh, even talks about uses the word intercourse like the two becoming one and that's that's as tight as and as close as you can get is two becoming one the bible says that he that is joined with the lord is one spirit with him in first uh, corinthians six seventeen. so as believers we're joined with the lord we're united with him we can't get any more closer to god and we can't get any more full we just have to know what we already have in our union, our spiritual union with Christ, what we have in our spirit, not in our flesh. And so it's amazing to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. How do you know something that passes knowledge? Well, the second know in, or, or knowledge um, is, is, um, is, is, a, is a term that uh, just talks about general knowledge or just like kind of book, you could say book knowledge. So what God is really saying in that in that passage is that we would know the love of Christ, right? To know the love of Christ, to experience is another definition, the love of Christ, which passes just a mere book knowledge or head knowledge. Um, so it's an experiential knowledge that we can have of God. And we've all had those encounters with God where we know he's real. He's more real to us than any person we see in the flesh. And we know he's so close to us especially sometimes in our hours of uh, greatest trial. Not always in the triumph, but in the trials. That's where I find him so close through some of my darkest moments and through some of my toughest moments. I find God so close, so 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 very close in the tough times. And uh, he, he does his best ministry in our times of pain and comforts us. So I just wanted to share that with you. And I, I have a message today. Um, called Let's All Wake Up Together. Let's All Wake Up Together. And I'm gonna start in Colossians 2.10. 
that says uh, in the NIV, we've been given fullness in Christ. We have been given, okay? Past tense, have been given. That means we possess fullness in Christ who is head over every power and authority. The King, Ger- King Germs, the King James Version uh, in Colossians 2.10 says that you are complete in him who is the head over every power and authority or every rule and authority. You are complete. And that word complete in the Greek is pleru, I think it's pronounced, but it's it means that you're you're full to overflow is what it says. You're overflowing with the Holy Spirit in you. There's nothing missing in you and there's nothing broken. That same completeness, that same fullness is always gonna remain in you. You're not lacking any good thing because you have God living in you. And he's promised in Hebrews 13, five that he would never leave you and that he would never forsake you. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he shed his blood for the remission of all of our sins, past sins, present sins, and even future sins, sins we haven't even committed yet. It was a timeless event, a timeless forgiveness, where we're completely forgiven, we're completely free. We just don't know how free we are. He's, he, 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 he went down to the depths of hell and he snatched during the three days that he was, he was put in the tomb. He went down in the spirit and preached to those spirits that were trapped in prison, the Old Testament saints and all the people that were in, in Hades and Sheol, the part of hell, a waiting area until Christ finished his work. And he, when he was raised up, all those all those uh, Old Testament saints were raised up with him. And now we are also raised up with him and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's absolutely amazing what God has done. And we are complete. And the only way I think we're going to really experience the fullness of God, we, we think of this as individually, like, yes, I have everything I need because I have Christ living in me. But the, really the way to experience this fullness um, of, of the body of Christ is to wake up together, to wake up together. I look at all the, in the book of Acts and how when, when all the disciples after they were waiting for Jesus, he said to go to Jerusalem after his death, burial, his resurrection. And he said, go to Jerusalem and just wait there until you receive power from on high from the Holy Spirit. So it says when they were all gathered together, all gathered together in one place, that's when the spirit came and fell on them. And I find that uh, when we get together, Jesus says, when two or more of you are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. And I think what he's saying is when you gather together, even just two, two is great, three is better. But when you gather together with other believers, I'm finding in these last days that there's such a powerful uh, realization or a manifestation of his presence that we can only get when we get together. First Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 both talk about um, the body of Christ and how the body has, has, has many parts and each part has a different function and the spirit works in each of us to fulfill that function, you might be an elbow, or you know, I I could be a leg, or my wife uh, uh, said to me one time that I might be the butthole in the body of Christ. But I'll tell you that that part of the body 
is, is vitally important, as most of us know, especially as you get older. But every part has a function in the body. And when we get together, we are a complete or a more completed picture of Christ and a picture of what life is going to be like, I think, in eternity. So I just wanted to share that with the Ephesians 4.13, Paul, after he, you know, I just quoted Ephesians 3.19, but he goes on in Ephesians 4.13 and he goes on to pray again. And he says that, um, you know, he talks about in 4.11, he gave some of us to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, teachers. We all have these different gifts, right? And it says the reason he does that is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, right? And for the edification, that means the encouragement of the body of Christ. Till we all come together, this is verse 413 in Ephesians, till we all, think of this, till we all come together in unity of the faith, the faith, that's the faith of Christ, the faithfulness of Christ, till we all come together in the unity of, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure is fullness. God's measure is always, some people look at the cup half empty. Some people look at the cup half full. God looks at the cup as overflowing. And that cup is you. That cup is me. That cup is us. He is, he is the potter and we are the clay. And he's molding us and making us into something beautiful. But I think we can only experience it when we get together, when we gather. He says that we should not forsake. And I think this is in Hebrews. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, Hebrews 10.24. Let's, he says, let us consider one another to provoke one another to love and to good works, right? To encourage each other, to, to love each other and to do good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as, as, is, as is the manner of some, like some people don't get together and that's why they miss out on the, on the experience of Christ. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as some do, but exhorting one another, again, that's encouraging one another and, and so much more now as we see the day approaching, as we see the evil ramping up in this world and things coming to a head. How much more, God says, important is it for us to get together and to fellowship together, to grow together, to commune together as the body of Christ? I think the only way that we're gonna wake up is together. Romans 8 says, all of creation is waiting in eager anticipation for the sons of God to be revealed. Think of what's happened in the last three years with COVID, how isolated the devil tried to make us through this pandemic or plandemic, just another flu bug, but he made us just all afraid, made us all isolated so we couldn't get together, kept us apart, six feet apart, six feet under, 666, the number of the devil, Satan's number, the opposite of what God wants us to do, the opposite of what God's designed us to do, that is to get together and form a unity in the bond of the spirit of peace. So I want to encourage you today to purposefully and practically 
find ways to get together to fellowship with other believers. I know a lot of people are in life groups. We've uh, formed uh, breakfasts and lunches here in the community where we gather together just to look at the word of God, to discuss the word of God, just to talk about Jesus and to pray together, together. We were in a restaurant the other day. We meet at a barbecue restaurant here locally and the people there that work there are intrigued by us. They always come over. Uh, I think they fight over who gets to wait on us because we're all good tippers. We're all in an overflow mode. And the lady uh, who was our waitress when we were there last Tuesday, she said, I love listening to you guys talk. She said, you guys talk differently than everyone else. And I thought, man, how cool is that? How profound is that? She liked the way we talked. She liked the way we talked. What she was picking up on was the spirit of God that's in us. And collectively, that spirit was bouncing back and forth like electricity in a light bulb. And she could feel the joy because it was overflowing, because it's designed. He, God wants to overflow so that other people who are around us are in the splash zone, like at SeaWorld, when you're sitting in the front row and Shamu comes up out of the water and then splashes back down. The Holy Spirit is in the Bible is described as water. He's described as wind. He's described as fire. And when we, when God sets you on fire, people will come around to watch you burn. So I just want to close with this. I just want to encourage you to purposefully and practically try to get together with fellow believers. Just start by inviting a friend to lunch who's a believer. Get together and see what happens. My prayer for you is that you will purposefully and practically find ways to gather with other believers and to show the light and the love of Christ that's in you. Amen.